Welcome to The Paul Garcia Show, where I, your host, Paul Garcia, have conversations with some of the most incredible and inspiring people from around central Illinois about their lives, accomplishments, experiences, and the wisdom they may have. Today, my guest is a very well-known and appreciated man from Fairbury, Illinois, named Lincoln Slagle. Lincoln is a co-owner and co-founder of Emancipation Brewing Company located in rural Fairbury, Illinois. This beloved brewery and tap room was built in February 2019 in an old family-owned dairy barn. The construction crew for this job was Lincoln, his dad, some family, and some friends who Lincoln told me were mostly paid in beer. There are a lot of reasons why this unique craft beer hotspot has earned nothing but great reviews and even numerous visitors from other states, and I can't wait to share them all with you. This was a great conversation, and the first conversation I've been able to do a full video version of. And that's largely thanks to those of you who have so generously donated to the show over at thepaulgarciashow.com. Your support means the world, and it goes directly back into the production costs of this show. A good few of you have asked for a video version of each episode, and I'm finally happy to give that to you. This show is also made possible by the generous local businesses who sponsor it. So first, before we dive right in, relax and open your ears for just a moment as I briefly tell you about four local and beloved businesses who sponsor this podcast for your listening pleasure. I'll always try to do this short segment in the most entertaining and captivating way that I can. You can skip it, or you can do the show yourself and the local economy a favor and listen closely. You might just love what you hear. People respect people who are confident. Thugs and predators stay away from people who show confidence. People who are unable to defend themselves are not confident. Gain confidence and develop self-defense skills in the martial art of jiu-jitsu at PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu in Normal, Illinois. I've had the owner of this place, Jared Game, on the show and he's awesome. I've trained here and I love it and the prices are just incredible. PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu in Normal. Check out their page on Facebook. I love PSF Legacy Jiu-Jitsu, but you know what else I love? Coffee. Great coffee brings people together, and it can improve your mental health and give you superpowers like enhanced focus and the ability to not freak out on people early in the mornings. Now notice, I said only great coffee does this. That's why you should be going to the Coffee Steamerts in Fairbury and Forest, Illinois. Their coffee is delicious, their menu is vast, and no one knows for sure if their baristas are really human or if they're actually angels because they're just so dark. Are nice. For great coffee and angelic service, go to the Coffee Steamerts in Fairbury and Forest, Illinois. So nearly everyone likes coffee, like 99% of people probably. But studies show that 100% of people like to look good. If you've been victim to some whack haircut from a significant other during this pandemic, it's time you do your head a favor and head to J. Marie Salon and Day Spa in Fairbury, Illinois. Joanna and her team will make you look good and feel incredible with their top-of-the-line salon and day spa services. Eventually, you will have to be a social being once again. So, emerge from this lockdown, look and feeling amazing. Set up an appointment with J. Marie's Salon and Day Spa by messaging them on Facebook or giving them a call at 815-692-6074. That's J. Marie's Salon and Day Spa. 
Since the dawn of man, humans have been sitting down. They used to sit on the bare ground or on objects like logs or large rocks, and our hindquarters and spines were in agony. The earliest records of chairs were actually the thrones that the ancient Egyptian royalty would sit in around 3100 BC. Now, over 5,000 years later, we have the most incredible chairs, dining tables, and mattresses in the history of the world, and they're all at Fairbury Furniture in Fairbury, Illinois. Revive your sore neck and back from years of using old junky chairs and mattresses. Head to Fairbury Furniture, the area's premier furniture supplier. All right, there you have it. Definitely check these places out, whether it be online or in person, and make sure to let them know that the Paul Garcia Show sent you. It really helps the show, and they sure love to hear it. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Lincoln Slagle. All right, Lincoln Slagle, thank you very much for coming on, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Co-owner of Emancipation Brewery in Fairbury, Illinois, a beloved brewery. And I got to say, just upon entering into this place, it's it's beautiful. It's rustic. It's modern. There's exposed wood. There's some beautiful metalwork. Uh, you were a business management and finance major with a minor in economics. You're not an interior design guy. Who's behind the interior design of this place? Um, I would I would say that it's probably a mixture I have, you know, some input on it, I would say, but I'm not what I would say the, the final word on it. You know, me, my wife, my mom, they're kind of the experts when it comes to the design. I'm more of the, uh, you know, it kind of fits my eye or it doesn't. So I, I have like a vision for the place, but I'm not the artistic type to, to execute that. So, you know, I have them do it and then I'll be like, okay, that's good. Okay, that doesn't look right. You know, and they then they fix it because that's not my forte. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because... What I see, what jumps out to me, the vibe of this place is it's it's wholesome. It's warm. It's inviting. Um, there's Edison bulbs, and it's like it's not overly techy. It's it's very inviting. And then it's like I said, it's wholesome. It's family friendly. There's no um, there's no like gross pictures on the walls or anything like yeah. that, or like bad slogans anywhere. Super family friendly. And then it's even child friendly. Yeah, because. Out back, you have a patio with some yeah. tables and then a huge open grassland. Yeah. If I had kids, I would bring them here and just let them run around back there because yeah. they can't even like run off and hide because it's just, you can watch them run away for a week. It's just, you know, when the crops are down, it's, it's it just, happens. <laughs> you have flat land as, as far as you can see. Yeah. But um, yeah, did you mean for it to be this family friendly? Did you aim for building a wholesome place? Yeah, I, I felt like... One thing that rural areas in general, especially ours, was missing was some place for like people to meet up and hang out. That was, you know, if you notice, we don't have any TVs in here. We have a projector that will every once in a while we'll pull down, but I think it's been down like four times since we've been open. But I I made a conscious decision at the beginning that I wanted this to be a, a place where people could come hang out with their friends, family, you know. One of my favorite things is we'll have people who, you know, they've lived in the Fairbury area their whole lives and they they'll see somebody they haven't seen in 30 years and you know they may not have even been planning to sit with anybody they just came by themselves but then they end up sitting at that table talking to them for you know hours on end and if there are TVs you know you may not even notice that those people are sitting you know 30 feet away and so it was one of those things where you know we could probably you know get customers during football games and stuff mm-hmm. if we had them but to me it's more important that we kind of created this socializing place that I think is lacking in a lot of areas like this. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even realize there's no TVs. Yeah. So this this isn't a bar, although it is a bar technically, yeah, right? Yeah. In a bar without TVs. Like, what is that? Who's ever heard of that? <laughs> well, I uh, I was kind of inspired also. A few years ago, I went on a trip to Ireland, Scotland, and uh, we also went to Germany uh, last December and kind of solidified my view on this. Little Irish pubs, a lot of them are really cozy. They're really intimate, you know, little tables, no TVs anywhere, uh, you know, sometimes live music, but even that's normally like soft enough where you can still have a conversation. And I thought that that was a really good model to bring here because I just love seeing, you know, we'd be in a small Irish town and we'd see the people that I don't even know if they knew each other previously, but they were just, you know, having a nice conversation, hanging out, having a good time. I would have been happy to take my kids there and, and still, you know, have a lot of fun myself. So, yeah, man. No TVs. It's like no distractions. No, it forces you to be social, I feel yeah. like. And that's a beautiful thing. That really is. Yeah. I've never seen that at, a, at any place that's like selling beer. I'm, I'm finding it difficult what to call this. It's obviously a brewery, but mm. would you call it a bar also? Um, I try to not use the bar, not, not, not because of I think there's any bad implications necessarily, but it's, we also don't serve liquor or wine uh, just due to our license. So, Usually, if I say it's a bar, people assume there's those things. So, our technical term is a tap room. So, essentially, mm. what that means is that we are a serving uh, location that's attached to a production brewery. So, we we have like a production license, and then we have a liquor license specifically for beer. So, uh, you know, we can get beer from other breweries. You know, we like to do that kind of to you know support other places, and you know, our locals get to try something new and. So for that reason, we're, we're not technically a bar, but I mean, we have a bar that people sit at or used to sit at, <laughs> you know. Well, so. before we go any further, you're kind enough to let me have some of your beer. <laughs> yeah. What is it that I'm about to drink? Yeah. So this beer is called West Loda Lager and it's kind of a funny name. Uh, it's a collaboration with Landlocked Hops, which is a hop farm about 30 minutes from here in Loda. And Loda, if anybody's been there, is like a tiny little town. You know, there's right. It, it's near Paxton, for example. Um, and people always ask them where their hot farm is, assuming it's in some like, you know, metropolitan-ish area, like near a city. And so they always joke that it's in West Loda, as if Loda's you know this big city. <laughs> and so that's that's why we named it that. Um, but it's made with their 2020 crop of um, Chinookop. So it's just a a lager. So it's you know refreshing, but it's got some hop character to it. So it's kind of made to showcase that kind of fruity hop that they do. So dog on it, dude. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's so good that it's almost it's almost saddening <laughs> that for such a long time, so many people in America and even still just drink. Um, you know, I kind of hesitate to say this because I feel like I could offend some people <laughs> that are diehard um domestic beer fans like Bushlight, Bud Light, Coors Light. Yeah, whatever. Nothing against them. But wow, this is kind of yeah. this is way way better. Well, I, I have uh, I have a soft spot for uh, for some of those beers, especially just you know old memories, a family get together, stuff like that. And so I, I never shame anybody. And, I, and I, I think you're right, though. You know, I'm such a jerk. No, 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 no. I'm, you're not shaming anybody. I'm I'm saying I like to. My favorite thing is to see people that you know like those beers, but th- but they find something that they like more. You know, it's not that that they you know, start to dislike their old favorites, you know, it's that they, they start drinking something like this or something another crap remakes and they find more enjoyment out of it than they even knew. It's kind of like, I, I always liken it to, you know, around here we're spoiled with like great meat. You know, there's a lot of people from we Kilgis, really are Kilgis to, you know, Twin Oak meats, 
to Slagle Family Farms, and they, you know, we just grew up with that around here, you know, in a rural area. But, you know, people not from these areas, you know, they try some, you know, farm-raised, free-range type meat, and they're like, it's almost a whole different thing. You know, they didn't know they could enjoy it that much. And I liken it to that because it's just almost a whole different beverage, I would say. Can you tell us kind of in, in simple terms, what is craft beer for people that yeah. might not know? It's a term we hear all the time. Yeah, so uh, I would say that to me, craft beer is, is beer that has attention put on the quality. Us and other breweries make the same style of beer as like a Budweiser, you know, an American lager, they call it. Mm-hmm. So, but for us, it's, you know, sourcing the best possible ingredients for that beer so, you know, we can brew the same style of beer, but we'll, we'll try to add, whether it's locally grown hops or maybe a slightly different hop to give it some extra character or something. So the, the, it, it has a total balance of, you know, we want more flavor, we want more focus on high-quality ingredients, we want, you know, more sustainability with it. We also just want to still uphold kind of the fun parts about beer over other beverages, which are, you know, the refreshing aspect, the social aspect, the uh, kind of the the fun part of finding new ones, you know, things like that. So craft compared to like a domestic style, to me, it really comes down to the, you know, the attention to the quality mm-hmm. and the experience. So, yes. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but craft breweries have to, are, are, they have to be relatively small in order to be considered a craft brewery, right? They're, they're a lot smaller than the big domestic brands like Coors and uh, Anheuser-Busch yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so so there, it's actually a, an argument a lot of times on what's considered craft, uh, but generally the uh, you know the size is a big factor of it. Um, usually, it comes down to size and ownership. So if you're independently owned, you know, for example, you're not owned in any certain portion by a big conglomerate like an Anheuser Busch, then you're considered craft. Even like a, a Lagunitas, up until they were acquired recently by a you know big conglomerate, they were considered craft, even though they were pumping out hundreds and hundreds of times more beer than, you know, a, a brewery like us or a brewery even like Goose Island, let's say. Goose Island, yeah, are they're, they're not craft, are not they? Not anymore. They were purchased by Anheuser Busch back in 2012. But so. they were massive even before that, right? Yeah, yeah, they were huge, and so they were you know on the bigger end of craft breweries, and then they were they were purchased, which you know they didn't grow necessarily right away but they were no longer considered crap because of the ownership then so it has to be kind of independently owned and also you know not enormous but like yingling is still family owned and so they are actually technically considered the largest craft brewery in america beer for a long time especially in america had a negative connotation and it largely still does I mean, people think of beer, and they think of those domestic ones mm-hmm. that are a means to an end. Yeah. You know, they're, they're kind of not great quality, most people would say. Yeah. It seems like the craft beer scene has developed into a culture that kind of resembles wine. It's a little fancier. There's, there's nerds in the game now. <laughs> craft beer nerds and snobs oh, yeah. are a, a well-known thing. What do you think about, like, you know, why is that? Why is craft beer kind of becoming what it is? A little little more, I don't know what to call it. What would you call it? Well, I, I think for one, the the passion that's behind craft beer is is very contagious. So like, you know, brewers that are really excited about, you know, what they brew, that you know, they get customers that are really excited to drink it and not just drink it, but evangelize for the brand. You know, they, you know, like we have an, an amazing group of like regulars who they're always telling their friends and family about it. And it kind of creates this, excitement that is 
unique, uh, and not just because it's new, but it's excitement around the quality of it and the experience of it. But what's interesting is when I started, one of the things, kind of our, our slogan was always like free yourself. And it was, it started as a derivative of emancipation. Um, but right. Yeah. I've been wondering what the heck is the name all about (laughs) free years. It's like, yeah, cause emancipation proclamation, it's, it was freedom of people. You know, it's freedom. What do you, what's with the name? Yeah. So our, it, it started out as a friend in college. It was kind of a joke uh, that we were going to free everybody from tasteless beer, and <laughs> and so we kind of I kind of stuck with it because my name was Lincoln. It kind of played into that. Oh, that's and, funny right there. And no so, way. So, but it started out as almost a joke, and then it grew into this thing where I realized that there were bad things about beer that I kind of wanted to I don't want to say fight against, but to like stand in opposition to so for example the first one was always like tasteless beer so we wanted to make every beer regardless of the style you know something that's interesting i wanted to free from the bad things in the culture of beer also which is you know a lot of people saw beer as like you said a means to an end you know 30 packs of bush light are not made to sip and enjoy you know they're made to drink and not always for the great you know the best reasons and so you know if you focus on the quality and the the story and the experience behind beer and what it can be, it's a lot more of a positive influence and it's a lot better, I think, culturally because, you know, an argument could be made that beer for a long time was not good for us culturally just because of the negative implications. People drinking Hence too the prohibition much. prohibition and stuff. Exactly. There was a big movement that said, you know what, this probably isn't good for us. You know, there's a lot of people drinking too much. They're arguably doing things that are bad because of that. And they blamed it on the beer. I'm more of a person that, you know, to me that's, that's people making bad choices. You know, it's, I don't know that the beer should ever have been blamed for that. But my point is beer could have been doing other things to help that fact. And so for us, it was always, you know, I always want the focus to be on the quality, the, you know, the experience of the whole thing. And so that was one thing I wanted to, you know, stay away from the snobbery, stay away from the, oh, you know, man. the nerd. You know, I'm, I'm a beer nerd myself, but... You know, I don't want to be to the point where I'm, you know, anybody gets shamed for drinking this beer as opposed to like an IPA. Yeah, you're not a beer snob. You're a beer nerd. You're not a beer snob. Yeah, I'm just looking to help people find something that they truly enjoy and that they can enjoy with their family or friends at a family get together, a holiday, that kind of thing. Because that's my favorite, you know, experience with beer. Those memories, you know. So, man, wholesome through and through. (laughs) That name has some depth to it. I didn't know that. This podcast episode is already my favorite, man. This this beer is so good. Oh, well, thank you. We're going to talk more about beer in just a second. But, I mean, I want to know, how did this all start? I mean, from the very beginning, what was the, what was the kindling of this whole business venture? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I, I had a roommate in college who joined this beer club that sent him 12 beers a month that were, like, paired with food pairing notes, you know, tasting notes, the story of each beer. It's really a neat thing that he was doing. You know, probably not super common for a college kid to be doing. You know, paying for a craft beer subscription. But he yeah. he would give me a little taste of these. And at the time, I thought I hated beer, and I had only really tasted domestic beers. And he had me taste a couple, and I, you know, he gave me this one that really like resonated with me. And from there on, I kind of started diving into craft beer in general because I realized it really is a whole different beverage. Uh, one Thanksgiving, my brother-in-law was like. We need to do something in the morning on Thanksgiving as opposed to, you know, sleeping in and sitting around until the food's ready. And so he ordered an Amazon homebrew kit for like a hundred bucks. So me and my dad and my brother-in-law 
brewed this batch of beer just on a whim, just something to do on a you know Thanksgiving morning together. And you know we fermented it and put it away. And then you know about a month later when it was ready, we opened up the bottles expecting you know nothing good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it turned out to be delicious. And I was like, you know, I've I've always been the type to kind of go down the rabbit hole on things, and it that kind of set me off on this. Uh, research path to kind of look into, you know, how to create my own recipes, how to kind of improve my brewing processes. And from there, we, you know, started getting more and more into it. And my dad got into kind of the equipment side, you know, Mm -hmm. we started getting some other small equipment that was kind of the miniature version of commercial equipment. And I got into the recipe development and the brewing practices. And we basically uh, used our two different skills to combine into home brewing and we then and there kind of thought one day we're going to kind of do something with this whether it's a brewery or you know even a kind of a you know ship to home type of thing we weren't sure what we were going to do we just knew we, we really enjoyed doing it and at, at some point in college I basically was like you know not sure I wanted to do corporate finance and I was I've, I kind of grew up in a family with entrepreneurs so I think I have like I don't know if it's 15, 16 aunts and uncles, and I think only three or four of them aren't self-employed. That's very cool. <laughs> this is really interesting because that seems to be a very unique characteristic of the Fairbury Prairie Central area. Yeah. Seth Welch and I talked about this, and he's big on the stats around the area. Mm-hmm. And we have an incredible amount of entrepreneurs just in this area. And I, I you know, think what you want of, as to why that is. But it's it's really interesting. I, I think it's something that's deep in the culture here. Yeah, I think I think so. There's a, a strange like, it's it's almost like people, you know, it may not even be the most profitable thing for them to do, but everybody has this kind of independence where they, you know, they find something they're really good at and they they do that for themselves, you know, or the family business or something like that. And what I think that's resulted in in our area is we have some of the highest quality versions of everything. Period. Whether it's a service or a good, we have mm-hmm. you know, some of the highest quality meats, the highest quality dairy products, the highest quality uh, beer. You know, <laughs> you know, farming practices. I guess beer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, you know, some amazing restaurants, some amazing. You know, uh, you know, even like plumbing and electrical services. We yeah. have some of the best of all of those things right here. And I think it's just the fact that you know all these people just found their, what they're passionate about and they just pursue it and. That's something that, you know, that passion isn't there if you're working for someone else, for most people, you know. And so I think that's a huge part of it. And, you know, I think it even rings true with a lot of our education system. You know, a lot of our local teachers, I have a couple teachers that work for us, and they're more passionate than almost anybody I've met in the industry. And I just, uh, there's something about this area that I think just plays into that. It's like a culture of of being passionate about what you do and doing it really well Mm -hmm. and I think that's uh, something that is unique about this area. And so uh, it's interesting to hear that you talked to, Sel- to Seth about that because um, he's on the county board now, right? I don't know. I actually don't know. Oh. <laughs> I, I interviewed him. I talked with him right before uh, that election, but I, I actually don't know. I believe he was like, uh, I don't know if they swear them in or initiate or whatever it was like a day or two ago. No um, kidding. But yeah, so it's interesting that he has that insight because I, I agree with him wholeheartedly. But, but maybe there's something in the water. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, there's something great in the culture, at least. You never know. It could be a, a biblical foundation. A Christian culture might have something to do with that strong foundation of you reap what you sow 
that, yeah, that I, philosophy. I, th I think that actually, you know, the, the, I guess the demographic, there are a lot of people, I think that, it, that comes with a certain in, independence that a lot of people use to kind of catapult them into that. You know, I think that probably plays, you know, a lot into it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, it makes me, you know, proud to say that, you know, our area has so many things, you know, I went to school up in the Chicago suburbs and, you know, way more people knew about Fairbury and this area than I ever expected. You know, they're like, oh, you know, I, we buy their milk at the store, we buy their meat, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it so. is neat. It's, it's a special place. So you're, you kind of took on the recipe development side of things, whereas your dad kind of took on the technical side of things, yeah, the, the machines technical and stuff. Mechanical, yeah. We kind of spoke about your dad before this whole thing. Yeah. Your dad seems like an incredibly smart individual. He invented, straight up invented, a piece of farming equipment that's pretty um, well known, or at least yeah, utilized. yeah, it's sold all around the country and Canada and you know everywhere else. But yeah, he uh, he basically went towards the uh, the mechanical and technical side. And so when we were first working out the kinks with our brewing system and our all of our processes out here, I don't know how many phone calls I made to him while he was at work, being like, hey. This thing doesn't sound right. Something's sure. broken, you know, and he'd either come out and, you know, fix it or, you know, guide me through the process of fixing it, things like that. And, you know, that's something that I would have had to have, you know, hired somebody to fix or paid somebody to do, you know, to create these systems that he was able to put in place. And so that's that's a lot of the reason why we were able to start up so quickly and, and you know, for probably right. a lot less money than a lot of other breweries. Yeah, because yeah, you could have paid someone a pretty penny to do the things that your dad oh, yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. for example, he actually designed and built a, a keg washer. So every keg that has beer in it has to, once it's emptied, get totally washed, cleaned, and sanitized, and then pressurized with carbon dioxide for the next batch of beer. And normally those machines are you know well over $10,000. And he designed and fabricated one uh, from scratch for, you know, a tiny fraction of that and you know it works as well as any of them and you know i would have had to you know buy one of those otherwise mm -hmm. and now not only do i have it for a fraction but if it breaks you know the person who created it is right here <clears throat> yeah <laughs> gosh man wow you're really blessed with your with your dad and the development yeah. of this business i'd say yeah yeah not only from the mechanical side but he also just has a you know decades of business knowledge small business knowledge you know weathering good times and bad and you know, just having the kind of support and the guidance of somebody like that is is something that I, you know, it makes me wonder how other people do it. You know, I, I just feel lucky for that. So now, odd question, but why is your why is your beer good? Maybe you can tell me why. Why do you think your beer is great? I was looking online and you have nothing but five star reviews, and I saw one four star. And the person's comment was great beer. So I'm wondering why he maybe it was by accident. Yeah, but who knows? <laughs> you have great reviews. What makes your stuff special, do you think? The nice thing is there are tons of breweries now that make awesome beer. And I have to give a lot of credit for you know any of our beer quality to a lot of other local breweries. There's been a lot of ones like Triptych and Little Beaver and White Oak that have really kind of, you know, I've asked them questions. I've talked to them. I've, you know spoken back and forth with their brewers and gotten really good information from them. Another brewer that I really enjoy listening to said that, you know, great beer isn't doing, you know, one thing great. It's doing a hundred little things perfectly that add up to one great thing. So that's, um, 
that's kind of the essence of brewing. It's all about the little minute details because at the end of the day, they all add up, and one little detail can become a huge problem. You know, so it's um, it, it's all about kind of the details, basically. Well, you also don't you also have do you have hops? Like, do you grow some of your own hops, like literally right here on site? Yeah, yeah. So that's the other benefit of being on a farm is we have some extra space. So we started growing hops three years ago. And my dad, who's been a farmer also his whole life, uh, already has kind of the green thumb needed to do to do that. So he really did a lot of the research and, um, you know, planted the hop rhizomes, which are the hop roots. And then, uh, you know, he he built the whole system of, for irrigation and all that stuff, too. Right, because so. hops need like a a pole or something to kind of they grow exactly. up and they they kind of curl around stuff right yeah, That's yeah. Their so nature. in the wild they're basically a bush and only when they have something to crawl up will they actually produce hop cones which are what we need for brewing but basically what we had to do is create a trellis system and he did that um with a bunch of wood and wires and all kinds of stuff and basically that allows the hops to kind of latch onto something grow up and once they grow up they mature and then that's when they produce cones you make you make great beer here people love it but do you sell your beer like do you sell cans of beer to daves or something like that like i'm, I'm sure daves and the people of fairbury would love to have cans of your beer on their shelves i've seen them on tap at kemp's but i haven't seen them on shelves yeah so so we're actually the the second smallest brewery by volume i believe you're a microbrewery right? yeah 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 well technically we're a nano brewery which is nano? sadly even smaller than a microbrewery <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're tiny and so that basically means that i built this place to supply the beer uh, that we would have on tap here and then what ended up happening is we had more demand than i expected which i'm super thankful for the locals really you know got excited about the beer way more than i thought they would and i couldn't be more thankful for that and so what ended up happening is we even added a couple tanks last year to increase our production and still haven't been able to have enough extra to sell outside the brewery. Oh, because I would what lo- a kind of a good problem to have. No, it kind of- <laughs> it's a great, it's still a problem, but it's a great one. Yeah. And so, uh, I I've kind of spoken with places like Dave's and even you know restaurants around the Central Illinois area, from Bloomington to Pontiac, and they they've you know kind of said, hey, we'd love to have your beer whenever you can get it to us, and I have to politely say i'm sorry i wish i could because there's nothing worse as a business owner than being like sorry i can't i can't sell you my product you know it it's hard for me because i you know the income especially this year would obviously be nice but then you know further than that it's a uh you know i hate to disappoint a potential customer because you know our number one goal at the end of the day is for people to be as happy as possible with our product so you know dang okay (laughs) well you lead me into a a great point that I'd love to talk about. This place is a destination. People love to come here mm-hmm. and relax here because it's beautiful inside and out. It's a, it's, I mean, beautiful sunsets. However, you don't do indoor seating right now, given no. So we we actually get a lot of questions about that because uh, I know some places are doing indoor seating, and so uh, to kind of clear that up quickly, the fact that we have production on site. Uh, makes us a production facility which so we're actually under state jurisdiction for that so what that means is that we we're not only under county health department jurisdiction we're under the state liquor commission jurisdiction and they Uh. are not the type of people to mess around and they're not the uh 
you know, the local friendly types like our health department can be. And so uh, they have no time for, uh, you know, skirting the rules. So for us, we were really kind of, we have to follow the rules. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we could lose our whole production license, which is a whole lot worse than losing a liquor license, for example. Yeah. Um, and so, so we're not doing indoor seating, but what that means is we've kind of been forced for good and, and bad into building our outdoor area, our patio, that kind of stuff. And so um, we're allowing people to sit on the patio, the, out, the indoor-outdoor room, which we call the lean-to, um, but it's just not the same, you know. Yeah, it's getting we cold the, outside. Yeah, I know. We miss the cozy, you know. Gosh darn. I bet this just ticks you <laughs> off, this whole situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been a nightmare, but we've been able to, you know, make, make a, you know, as best case scenario out of it as possible. But yeah, it's, it's awfully uh, stressful. Yeah. So. And talk about, talk about integrity, though, in a business owner. You are way out here in the country but you're still offering uh, free delivery. Is that right? Yeah, free. <laughs> so you'll drive that truck to, I mean, a whole host of towns around the area. That's far, man. Yeah. That can't be that, can't be that profitable. <laughs> no, it, it's not super profitable. I mean, certainly not as much as somebody, you know, hanging out and having a couple beers here. And it also, I get, I, I'm sad about it also because, you know, they're drinking our beer at home as opposed to, which is nice, but they could be here drinking it out of our, you know, special glasses talking to our amazing bartenders and the whole experience is just better. You know, I, I, it makes me a little sad to think that they're trying a new beer without being like, you know, here experiencing it as I intended it. But all that really matters this year is just paying the bills and getting by. So, you know, I'm happy to supply them with beer, you know, give them a nice evening or a date night or something. They get to enjoy the beer, you know, doing that. So Emancipation Brewing Company is in a, in a growing industry right now, craft beer. If I remember my numbers correctly, domestic beer sales or overall beer sales in the United States in 2019 went down 2%, but they went up about 4% in the craft beer industry and they continue to climb. Like that Mm -hmm. percent keeps growing from year to year. It's like an exploding industry. Why do you think that is? I keep a very close eye on the trends uh, as I have to, but a lot of it, I think it's mirroring the food industry from about 10, 15 years ago. So we saw a, a shift from like, you know, fast food, uh, you know, a lot of frozen stuff, a lot of preservative filled stuff over towards not only craftier foods, but also like knowing the source of your food. So, you know, uh, places like Whole Foods and, you know, Standard Market, places like those that have really gotten popular, that same thing is happening in beer. People not only want to have good beer, but they want to know where the beer came from, where the ingredients were from, who brewed it. You know, they want to know the story. They want not only the quality, but they want the whole package. And I think that's really been what's playing into craft beer. Uh, It's just a natural evolution, I think, for people to go from, you know, the whole quantity thing over to quality, and then they get even more interested in it from there. And the, the reason that beer in general has gone down actually is mostly to do with hard seltzer you know the white claws the truly is things like that oh snap i I really never think about them they've been taking a lot of market share from beer as a whole but they haven't really hurt craft beer that much yet at craft breweries craft beer breweries i've heard people say like they'll never put uh a seltzer on tap. They'll never put White Claw on tap. Mm-hmm. I worked at Medici for a while. Oh yeah, and and the guy a great there. Beer list. 
What was that? They have a great beer list. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. And I remember Alex was one of the managers there. And people would always ask, you know, do you have White Claw? Do you have White Claw? And he's like, we'll never have White Claw. So I feel like there's a little resistance from the craft beer community in, you know, welcoming in mm-hmm. White Claw and hard yeah. seltzers. There is, for sure. A lot of that it has to do with the fact that I think we see, a lot of us see seltzer as, again, another means to an end. But, you know, you don't hardly ask anybody who drinks seltzer, you know, do you, how, do you like, love the seltzer? And they're like, eh, I like it, but they still drink a lot of it. And so it's not necessarily because of the flavor or the experience. You know, it's a low-calorie alcoholic beverage. You know, yeah. it's, and so a lot of craft brewers who are really focused on flavor, you know, they realize people don't, like, actually enjoy drinking these per se. It's more the other, you know, the low-calorie part of it that really plays into it and the refreshing part of it. So, you know, there's I'm probably going to offend some some people that drink those hard seltzers like White Claw and Truly, but I feel like the majority of those people do not also belong to the craft beer community. No, I no, see a lot, a lot of college kids drinking Truly and White Claw and... Um, well, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not a big demographic. Demographic of craft beer, you know, uh, purchasers. But I, I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of craft beer people, you know, they if they want something that's lower calorie, they'll make like a a mixed drink, like a vodka soda type of thing, or or just not have anything, you know. So it's, you know, a lot of people who are into craft beer aren't gonna drink something they don't enjoy. I've been hearing that pop up pizza might, you know, park out here permanently is that right and pop-up pizza is like a a pizza truck yeah yeah so uh you know food is something that i feel strongly about with beer you know there's some of my best beer experiences have been pairing that with food and pizza is an obvious kind of uh, the perfect thing for beer basically and so my wife and i got to talking about it a long time ago and said you know it'd be nice if we could just you know have a kitchen have food and that just was never going to work so the only real alternative was to start our own food trailer so that's we basically purchased the trailer a couple months ago and we've been outfitting it since then to offer consistent food choices so we're going to do uh, pizza 3 weeks out of the month and the fourth week we'll have like a guest chef so my idea was you know why limit it to just pizza when the food trailer can anything can be made in there so our plan is to have local you know, whether it's just a kind of a local with a specialty or a livestock producer like, let's say, Twin Oak Meats, who does, you know, pork. They, he could come showcase his pork, you know, cook ribs one night, pork loin the next night, pork chops the next night, and sell it out of the food trailer. And our customers would get something different. You know, he gets the benefit of, you know, showcasing how amazing his meats are. And then it's, it's kind of a win-win for everybody because, I mean, as amazing as pizza is, I don't want pizza four weeks a month, every month, the whole year, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we basically, my, my whole thing was how good of a pizza can we make if I find the best ingredients, period, no, no cost considered, just where's the best flour, where's the best cheese, where's the best tomatoes. And I that love together. that you do and that. Cost is not a limiting factor. Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, the quality, if it speaks for itself, you know, Nobody gets into brewing anymore to get rich. It's just not a thing that happens. It's a ton of work for, you know, not that much money. And the same is the case with the restaurant industry. It's just not a super profitable industry. But to me, the, the part of it is adding value to the community. You know, I as a person want my community to have great food options. And, you know, I felt like a top-of-the-line pizza was something that I would have loved, you know, 
to have. So mm-hmm. being able to offer that will be fun. And to me, spend whatever you need to on the ingredients. And if it turns out to be good, you know, it'll be worth the price. No one goes into those industries to get rich, but the best do rise to the top. <laughs> so I could see that being the case with Emancipation Brewery. I really could. So, well, well you thank know. you. I, I wish that were the case. COVID's obviously put a, a hurt on the, such, yeah, that's been you know, such on the restaurant and, and drink industry. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what matters to me is that I can, you know, pay the bills and, you know, go on a vacation every year and, you know, be, enjoy myself and not have to work, you know, in a mind-numbing job. Right. So, so you said the fourth week of each month, basically someone new each month is going to come in and and um, occupy that food trailer then and yeah. cook their own stuff who... who and that could be anyone. It could be a restaurant owner. Exactly, yeah. It could be a, a chef. It could be just a local person who knows how to cook. Yeah, yeah. If they can prove that they know how to cook and that they have, you know, some knowledge about, you know, food service, you know, we'll always have employees there to kind of make sure everything goes smoothly and that, um, you know, the quality is there and that the food served on time and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I've talked to local restaurant, uh, you know, chefs and things, you know, if they want to have a new menu item at their place or they want to get, you know, a new audience at their restaurant, they can come here, you know, cook for a day or a weekend. And, you know, people from this area are going to try their food and, you know, hopefully it goes well for them and, you know, people love it. And then their restaurant is benefited because of that, you know. That's really smart. So, wow. Was that <laughs> was that you and your wife's idea? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about it and I was like, you know, pizza's great, but it's just not a, you know, I'd, it'll get old after a while. And I was like, well... If it's health inspected and the people know what they're doing, you know, we, we'd be foolish not to feature. I mean, there's so many people around here that have a specialty or, you know, raise amazing livestock and know how to cook it because they've been doing, doing it for 30 years. You know, why not showcase that? Really quick, a little bit off topic, but so your passion always and surely has not always been, you know, beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're, you're a relatively young guy. How old are you? 25, yeah. 25, you're only 25 and you have your own brewery. One, that's that's pretty <laughs> impressive. But then also, you're a phenomenal golfer, it seems like, from the numbers at a North Central. You you led the team in average scores. Oh, um, yeah. You know the terms here. Dude, I never golf. But, like, you're you're pretty good at North Central. Do you, do you ever get time to do that anymore? You know, I'm hoping in the next couple of years to kind of get back into a couple of my hobbies like that. Um, and, and that was really a lot of the inspiration to start my own business. You know, I've, I grew up around the entrepreneurial way of life, which is you get the work done and you get the benefits of that also, which, you know, isn't necessarily monetary. A lot of it is the quality of life. You know, you have the freedom of, you know, making your own hours to a certain extent and, and kind of getting to prioritize what you want to do, um, you know, with work and balance that. So that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm working towards. <laughs> That's pretty cool, yeah. Do you think you could, uh, how do you think you would fare against Alex Duffy and Carson Kafer, <laughs> two prominent golf I don't know. names? It'd be a toss up. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> First of all, we're kind of getting towards the end of this. People who are watching this, how can they show support to your business, Emancipation Brewing Company? For the most part, it, it comes down to, you know, either spreading the word, you know, whether you're sharing a Facebook post or liking a Facebook post or, or, you know, telling your friends about us or buying them a gift card, that kind of thing, or just, you know, ordering for home delivery. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we just kind of, we want our beer to kind of improve, improve the situations that you're in. You know, you're having a little family dinner, you know, 
add something special by buying some beer for it. You know, if you're going camping or spending time doing, you know, who knows what, you know, adding our beer can a lot of times, I think, improve the, you know, create a better memory even. You know, it kind of raises the situation, I guess. Yeah. That's always been my goal. So I would say just add it to any fun situation you have, you know, as long as you're not driving. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So also with your delivery, you're offering some snacks and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah, we have, uh, you know, different local cheeses, meats, things like that. And actually, we started doing these, a couple of these uh, at-home packs, kind of to give the emancipation experience at your house. So the first one was like a game night pack, which was a board game, some snacks, some beer, a couple glasses, and basically made to have like a date night or a, you know, night with a friend at home. And, um, but we're starting to work with some other local kind of businesses like a local candle maker a uh, local soap maker that made some soap with our beer and so they're doing like a a beer soap a beer inspired candle and we're gonna have like a a pamper yourself package with that and then we're doing like a movie night pack which is gonna have a you know random movie i think i bought like five copies of top gun from walmart Uh, so that'll be that'll be the first one Uh, but (laughs) Uh, this microwave popcorn maker that you can use real popcorn in, and we bought some popcorn from a local farm. And so it's kind of going to be a little movie night pack you know, with some beer. And then uh, we're also doing a coffee pack with a local coffee roaster and some things like that. So, Are you serious? I didn't yeah. know about that coffee one. What? Who's, yeah. who's the coffee from? So the coffee is actually roasted at, a, at 10 Drops Coffee Lab, who they actually make the coffee for our – we have coffee as a non-alcoholic option while we're open mm-hmm. in the evenings. And uh, if the coffee steamer roasted their own coffee, I'd be all on board with – you know. Coffee steamer rules, <laughs> man, but That's it right. is what it is. Yeah, we work with them a lot. So, But the uh, – the whole idea is just kind of creating these these packs where you know we can take a boring Friday Saturday night and you know make it memorable so that you know people kind of you know can make the best of the bad situation that we're currently in you know mm-hmm. and I know it's one of those things where we we I hate like you know being salesy and selling you know mm-hmm. I'm just not that type of person and so being able to offer something that provides like a memory or value is something I think that I'm I'm really excited about for these packs. Yeah, so. that's genius marketing right there. That's <laughs> really awesome. I can't wait to order some myself. That is cool. Well, we're before we go. Do you have anything uh, else to say? I know once once this lockdown ends, you're gonna be. I just I really think and I really hope that you're just gonna be thriving and people are gonna be filling this place up because <laughs> it's <hope> so. <laughs> it's awesome. But uh, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I guess I first I would just want to thank a couple people especially like my dad who does all the mechanical stuff the you know he does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like the washing kegs it's not like a a glamorous job but if it weren't for that we'd be in you know in deep trouble (laughs) Um, but then also my wife and my mom who do a lot of the other you know stuff around the brewery that may not get noticed right away that is um you know integral to the experience here and and my wife keeps me on track with a lot of that stuff and and uh, now that she's working with me full time, it's really been rewarding to kind of share in the struggles and the triumphs at the same time with, you know, with her. Um, but also just the, the community has been so supportive through the pandemic and before the pandemic with, you know, really kind of getting behind our whole movement here and, you know, coming out and supporting us. And like I've said before, you know, if it weren't for them being regulars, you know, this place wouldn't be the, what it is. It wouldn't be a place to meet if, you know, your friends didn't come out here also, you know. Right. And so 
it's uh it's been awesome to see the community support support us and very thankful for that right on a great man surrounded by a lot of great people who's built a great business. Lincoln Slagle, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Cheers. The pleasure is all mine. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers, you. you is pretty far. There we That's go. Right. right on. Oh, man. Oh, that is good, dude. <laughs> oh, that is good. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it on Facebook or Instagram or any social media platform. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can head on over to thepaulgarciashow.com and donate as little as $1 if you'd like. You can also show your support by purchasing from any one of our sponsors and letting them know that The Paul Garcia Show sent you. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, God bless and have a great week.